Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to week 218 of video episode number 44 of Music Is Not A Genre. Each week I take a release or two from my collection, I discuss them, I give you my take on them, I throw in some interesting information and connectivity to other music and to things in the world and to my music. If you like this podcast or any of the other content on my channel, please take a moment to subscribe and ding that bell. It means a lot to me. If you think there's someone out there you know who is a music obsessive the way I am, who has eclectic tastes, who likes to really dive in and would enjoy this channel, please share this podcast or another video or the channel itself with them. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you. This is a very special week uh, for a couple of reasons. One is... Uh, I have officially launched my Patreon page, Music Is Not A Genre, patreon.com slash musicisnotagenre, and the link is on my banner on this YouTube channel right here. And what that means is, well, a couple of things. Again, it means that uh, their con the content here on the YouTube channel will remain, uh, most of it, and my uh, weekly or monthly output will be consistent, but will be different. I will still be uh, sharing this particular podcast with you. Music is not a genre. My other podcast, Music is Everything, will now shift over to the Patreon page for patrons, for subscribers there. And uh, at Patreon, you will also have exclusive access to special edition podcasts, such as I am starting an interview series very soon. I'll be interviewing other people in the music world or people about music. Uh, that should be interesting. And uh, performances connected to these podcasts. So for as little as $5 a month to as much as $5,000 a month, you can support me. You can support Music Is Not A Genre. You'll get my eternal thanks. Uh, probably a note as well, I believe. And uh, like I said, some exclusive content. Um, but in the meantime, everything, uh, most everything you see here on this channel will be here. And I appreciate you being here as well. The second reason this is uh, an important week is that uh, we are relaunching our t-shirt company, Snark Shirts by Feek. We will have some new products, which I cannot show you yet because the launch hasn't happened. But one of the, the standard products will be this here, white shirt. Ah, that's our signature t-shirt. Um, and so that means that this area or the area I normally record in has been set up as a photography studio. So I don't have access to certain things, including my big screen. So I'm going to use these notes here, uh, and, uh, you know, read them when I need them, which is a new phrase that I just made up. I'm making up new phrases this year, pretty much left and right. 
Uh, so that's my housekeeping notes. Uh, I hope you do check out the Patreon page. That would mean a lot to me. And if you haven't subscribed, please do. Um, and uh, I'll let you know more about the t-shirt company as it comes, uh, which will be very, very, very soon. So let's get to this week. So this week, right, um, the topic is why Southern rock might just be ideal America. And I'm using these two albums by Little Feet as a jumping off point for that. I think it's pretty timely uh, because uh, if you're watching this close to when I recorded, which is the uh, second, third week of November, I think, uh, in 2020, we just had an election. And if you know anything about the election, you know that it indicates that uh, our country is pretty divided. And it always is, but the divisiveness, I think, is uh, you know, a lot easier to spot now and a lot more frothy, let's say, uh, volatile. And uh, this podcast this week kind of ties into that, and you'll see why. Uh, but let's get to these albums first. Let's give you a little rundown of what they are. So the first one here, as time goes by, um, is a storm front here coming in from the east. Now, anyway, uh, as time goes by, is uh, a compilation of their greatest hits that was released in 1986. And Let It Roll was an album of theirs released in 1988. So uh, that's about when I, you know, got into these dudes. And interesting things about both of these albums that I didn't know until I researched them. One is that for this one here, as time goes by, uh, I had trouble finding information on it. And a lot of the information I found was not correct. There were listings that said it was released in 93, 94, 2012, something like that. And I knew that couldn't be true because, well, A, I was really not into Southern rock and Little Feet in the 90s uh, at that time. And B, I knew I owned these before then. So I did a little more research and found that it was indeed released in 86 and that it's a rarity. Uh, apparently it's... Um, there's a, there's a CD version uh, that is uh, also kind of rare, but not as rare. It's available as 20 tracks. It's expanded edition that was released in the 90s. But this vinyl is hard to find. Uh, so if you want it, dial me up, you know, you, I'll name your price. Uh, that was interesting. And then the second thing is this. Um, if you know anything about Little Feet, and I honestly don't know much, is they, they started in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, they were in that whole Southern rock movement that started at the time with bands like, you know, the Almond Brothers and uh, ZZ Top and um, people like that, you know, Leonard Skinner a year or two later. And they uh, had a leader named Lowell George, uh, awesome voice, just an amazing voice, who died in 1979. Uh, they released an album shortly after that, I believe in 81, and I believe it had him on it. It was material they have been working on. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but they uh, didn't release anything else in the 80s until this album here, when they found a new lead singer, and it turns out that this album was their comeback album after that period away and after the death of Lowell George, and it had a hit on it. It was a pretty big album for them, and it actually set off the whole second wave of their career, which I believe they're still in. So just two interesting things about these albums. Now, uh, as you may have discerned from my talking so far, I'm not a Southern rock expert. I'm not, I'm not really a Little Feet expert. Uh, I'm not a, even a giant, let's say, devoted fan of, of, this, of this kind of music. 
But there was a period when, uh, you know, hopefully all of us go through exploratory periods in music. And it's not just when we're young. We, we, you know, we go through periods where we need that kind of comfort food or nostalgia or music we know and love or close, something close to that. Uh, but then hopefully we all go through periods where we're like, I, I need something new. I want to discover more. Well, uh, at the time, having been brought up uh, in, in the pop world, the jazz world, the blues world, the, the you know, musical theater world, the rock world, I didn't know a lot about Southern rock. And uh, I'm coming back to that point in just a little bit. Keep that in mind that I didn't know a lot about Southern rock. But what I did know at the time were bands like Led Zeppelin, uh, bands like a band like Chicago, uh, some New Orleans music, uh, older, you know, Dr. John type stuff, uh, but even like brass band New Orleans and things like that. And those things in particular, the Led Zeppelin, Chicago, and you know, uh, the New Orleans music were really the you know, and were really the things that caused me to want to explore something more. And I started by, I'd heard in my whole childhood about Leonard Skinner. They were pretty much mentioned in the same breath as Led Zeppelin by a lot of people. So I'm like, I got to try them out. I like them. And I thought, well, I want more of this, but I also want something that has like a funkiness and a horn section. And boom, heard about Little Feet and went to them. And that was from the, the kind of the Chicago influence. Uh, and and got into them right around when I believe it might have been when this album came out. I don't really recall, but I know that I you know obviously these are the two albums that I have, and I you know delved into them. And so it was one of those tangential you know I had music that I liked, and and this was a nice step forward into something new. And that's something new. It kind of brings me back to the point of not knowing a lot about this music. I had assumed. Because I believed in, you know, a good pop song. I believed in funky music, jazz, uh, blues, disco, dance, electronic dance, even techno and all of that. I believed in rock and roll, you know, and if it's going to be rock and roll, then don't hold back, you know. And so my notion, my pre judging of the Southern rock, not knowing a lot about it, uh, it was that it was watered down rock. It was rock for country people who didn't want to get too hard. It was rock for Hicks made by Hicks and all this stuff. Right. And it's a, the, the prejudgment, you know, prejudice, same, same root word there. It, it was something I was uncomfortable with for two reasons. Uncomfortable one, because of what I just said, it was like, oh, I don't want to get into that, but uncomfortable too, because I don't like feeling uncomfortable. So I was uncomfortable about being uncomfortable about this music. And uh, it took kind of a desire to want to break through that and, and a curiosity of what the truth was, because, you know, we should all believe in ourselves, but we shouldn't always trust ourselves because, you know, we need to be able to question even our own preconceptions. And, uh, you know, uh, wanting to know more about a different kind of music for me to open myself up to listen to this stuff and find out if I was right about that or wrong, you know. And uh, a few months ago, I did a podcast on a Leonard Skinner album that I had, and I made mention of the fact of, of this same fact more briefly in that. They're, they were known as kind of the good old boys type thing, partly because at the time they were using the Confederate flag, which they have later said they regretted and, 
and uh, have you know disavowed and all that stuff. And that's because, and I learned this partly from an do awesome documentary on Skinner that I that I watched. They were actually pretty damn inclusive and awesome and liberal folks who were not really into guns and all and all of that thing. And you know, if you are, I'm not. It's not a criticism. I'm just saying that that notion that they were kind of these hard-ass good old boys with strictly conservative values who had a you know, tinge of racism was just not true. And, you know, uh, not to mention the music itself is awesome in so many ways. That, I think, can be said for a lot of both Southern rock music and country music in general. Now, in uh, recent days, there were a couple of people... Uh, in the country world who have certainly come out as, you know, conservative in some way, whether it has to do with the recent election or the pandemic and all of that stuff. And that's fine, you know, but there are as many, if not more, country and southern rock artists who fall on the other side of the aisle. And what's important about that is it busts through prejudices, it busts through preconceptions. And listen, let me tell you, liberals like me, can have as many uh, preconceptions as conservatives and anybody else can. Uh, I'm just usually heading in a different direction, although not always. And like I said, it's important to want to question those things. And so having questioned it, I found, again, that there's a, there's a strain, I think in pretty much any kind of music, where, you know, you have kind of the liberal side, the conservative side, and the people who fall in the middle who are not political. We've seen that even with the election with certain hip-hop artists coming out for, you know, Republicans and other hip-hop artists coming out for Democrats and the whole thing. So even then, people think of hip-hop and they're like, oh, everybody, you know, there is of one color, a stripe, so, you know, a vein politically or socially. Not true, Right. And feel how you want about that. You can discuss that with me after. Put it in your comments and we can talk more about that if you want. That's really kind of not what this is about. What this is about is the whole point of uh, the title, which is why Southern Rock might just be ideal America. And, you know, my little quip on the, on the card at the front, little feet will save us all. They won't. But um, the, the point being... Southern rock is kind of the nexus of a lot of styles of music. And yeah, you can say that about a lot of music, but in this in particular, it, it, it's a giant umbrella, Southern rock, in that, uh, looking at my notes, it, it has that, it, you know, it's down home enough to feel traditional and familiar and comforting, and it has the, the countrified tinge and the, and the pretty usually standard instrumentation, things like that. But it's eclectic and inclusive enough to put in there things like rock and blues and and uh you know country and folk and pop sometimes even jazz certainly with these dudes uh and heavy metal uh, you know and it will tinges of it and people like zz top and and, and so the harder skinner songs and things like that and and uh in this case in the case of little feet it even has that new orleans swampiness that swamp rock feel that kind of Ooh, you know, that feel it in your gut rolling around in there. It just feels like, it's just yummy. It's like a gumbo. So, and this music is like a gumbo. And, and to me, what that shows is that you can have music that is considered stereotypically on one side of the uh, social aisle or another come together and create this other kind of music that includes it all. 
You know, I, I watched this uh, show recently that was talking about how America is not all one side or all another, and that each of us on the sides have to face the fact that we're that we're we're both both of us are America. And the and to me, why I say this is ideal America is because ideally, those sides, whether you agree or disagree, find a way to come together, find ways to come together, find those moments and instances when you can come together, when you can converge and create something that is more American than anything that happens all, strictly on one side or strictly on the other side. And that's my argument for why I think, you know, uh, Southern Rock might be ideal America. And again, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, hugely knowledgeable about it. I, I know about, like I said, this, the, it's uh, germination there in the 70s and uh, how it came up in through the 80s and, you know, in Bob Seger and um, Georgia Satellites and, and in the 90s with, uh, what was it, the Black the Black Crows, I think you can consider, and all that stuff, and drive-by truckers. I don't know when they started. See, I don't know. Uh, you know, My Morning Jack and the Kings of Leon and Alabama Shakes are more recent ones and, th- and things. Uh, that's about as far as my knowledge goes of that. And uh, But I do believe my argument here, and I'd like to know what you think about it. And, you know, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, so I want you to answer them. Um, but it's because, like I said, I was brought up in kind of that pop, jazz, blues, uh, musical theater, and rock world, and electronic world uh, also, um, and hip-hop and electronic music were huge in my childhood. Um, but you can hear some strains of this in some of the music that I do. I've done some folky music, which doesn't count. Um, I've, I haven't, I've done a couple of straight-up country things. Again, doesn't count because it's not southern rock. But a recent song of mine off of my band Rex EP Symphony for the Weird, which is done in collaboration with the band America UK, um, called No Way Out For Me, really illustrates, I think, that more kind of bluesy southern rock feel. Uh, and as always, I put a link at the bottom there for you to check out and see what you think. And, and of course, I have the links to these two albums as well, information for them. Uh, and that's my story this week. Do you know Little Feet? Do you know anything? Do you know Dixie Chicken? Great freaking song. Um, uh, do you know they worked with Linda Ronstadt for a while and things like that? And uh, do you know more than I do about Little Feet? Do you like them? Have you ever been in the Southern Rock at all? If, if so... Uh, is it older bands from the 70s or 80s, or is it newer bands uh, from more recent decades? Do you stay away from it because you think it's for hex? Is that not your thing? Or do, have, you got, have you gotten past that? Uh, is there other music that you've gotten into that initially you were like, I'm not sure I would like that. I have prejudices against it, but then I opened my mind to it, and wow, it's awesome. Is there some other kind of music other than Southern Rock or Southern Rock? Is there something uh, non-musical in your life that you feel that happened to you, where you're like, oh, I had a real bias against such and such, and then I opened my mind to it, bam. You know, I want to know what you think about all of this, or whether you agree, disagree, love or hate anything that's happening here. Because as always, my objectives are music, conversation and connection. Thank you for listening, for watching, for reading, for clicking, for sharing, for subscribing, for checking out my Patreon page, patreon.com. Music is not a genre. And uh, until next time, I'll see you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 